Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Nina here with Craig, Petey, and Sean, and we are joined by a very special guest today, former Arizona Coyotes assistant coach and current Anaheim Ducks assistant coach, Newell Brown. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. So first of all, I know we talked about it before we went live, but can you just tell everyone where you are right now and what is the temperature outside? Because we are all very jealous here in Arizona. Well, I was in Scottsdale. We have a home in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was there uh, last week and it was uh, scorching. It was 117 degrees, I think, on the day that we left. And uh, so we're moving back into Anaheim, into our uh, new townhouse that we have here. And it's uh, probably about 82 degrees this morning going to get what? up to 85 or 80, 86 so oh boy, you know boy. we're like it we're liking the change especially moving boxes yeah inside and outside of garages uh this is uh much welcomed newell i don't see you moving boxes right now i don't see you unpacking <laughs> no i actually my I'm, I'm you can talk to me all day long my husband's out there doing stuff so i'm, I'm good the more that gets done make, the better but why just a one hour segment <laughs> newell, you've literally traveled and coached around the world why do you set up shop in arizona why do you still keep a home here you know as a coach it's, you have it's important to have uh, some players have some people have cottages in the northern parts of canada everybody has like a summer place that they get away to and um, you know for us it's a uh, it's our our own home that uh, we can go to and we feel comfortable there um and we love scottsdale it has a lot to offer and even we get there we like being there obviously in april and may if we can uh we'd like not to be there till june which means we had a good playoff run but um yeah i mean obviously in the summers it gets a little bit heated but uh you know it's a great place to be great place to live and and we've kept our home there because of that i, I know another thing you do in the summertime and you've done it for the last few years is you take a trip to europe and it's not just for fun it's also a little bit, I don't want to say work, because I'm not sure if that's the right term either, but you learn. So you go and, and you work ho with hockey players all over the world. Tell me one of the reasons, what are the reasons that you do that and what do you gain from it as a coach? Well, it's kind of three-pronged. Uh, we've been doing it for 10 years now and we go from uh, a month to six weeks. Um, 
we I have some skills camps. It's called Temple Hockey. Uh, it's all offensive based uh, camps with uh, junior and pro players. Uh, we'll do that for anywhere from seven to ten days uh, during the trip. We d we like to travel. We've been all over the place in Europe. Uh, we just love seeing the sites there, the history history and architecture and all those types and the experiences um, of uh, the cultures. So I mean, we've been to Slovenia. We've been to Prague, Czechoslovakia. We've been to Spain, France, Italy, Switzerland, Austria. Our camps are in Switzerland and, and Austria. Our skills camps, mm -hmm. and then at the end of the of the trip. Uh, at the end of July, teams in Europe start having their training camps, like they're starting full goal August 1st. So I like to get in to, at the end of the trip, I'll, I'll, I've been to Zug and some other places in Europe. I've been to KHL camps. I love to go in and watch some training camp, watch the drills, exchange some ideas, meet some new coaches. That's uh, really important for me. Um, you know, as a veteran coach now, to stay up on new ideas, bring fresh things to the table learn new ways of doing things, new terminology, and all those types of things, which uh, hopefully has helped uh, my longevity in the league. Newell, where, where, does, where are you seeing innovation in the game right now? Can you give us some specific instances? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you want to talk about power play, there's lots of, there, there are lots of innovations. I mean, everybody calls the league, it's a copy, copycat league. But I see one of the biggest uh, areas is the offensive side of the puck. Teams are really teaching that part of the game to a greater extent now and um, putting together more of a, a more staples and more of a blueprint and actually practicing a lot of different things to be creative because the young players today are so fast. They're so creative. Uh, they're starting the game at a higher level than the players used to. Um, there's room for that and there's a need for that as well to make the game exciting. So. I think that's one of the big things. I think the, the power plays, you can see the power play percentages have gone sky high uh, just over the past few years. I remember um, one year in in Arizona when I was there, I think we finished, I can't remember, it was fourth or sixth, somewhere in that range, and we were like 19%. Uh, that doesn't cut much mustard in the league this, these days. The, the best power play is 32%. Jeez. So the biggest <laughs> change, yeah, the biggest change there is uh, four forwards, one D. Uh, at that time, we had OEL and Yandel playing the point on the PP. And, you know, when I went to Vancouver, we still um, we still used 2D and a forward and uh, I'm sorry, three forwards and 2D. Um, and then right after that, things changed. So I'm thinking like 2011, 2012, everybody started using four forwards, 1D. And when you get those skilled forwards on the flanks, uh, the power play becomes so much more dynamic. You have that one more uh, scoring threat and I mean, I think probably the shorthanded number of shorthanded goals have gone up as well in the league. But uh, overall, um, it's been a net gain because of the fact that two forward, you're using four forwards now. When you see innovation on the European ice sheet, and I know there's some variance even there with sizes, but how do you make adjustments to account for the different dimensions or maybe even different styles of play? I mean, I talked to European coaches over there, and I mean – they don't get to they always complain that they don't get to the net enough they don't produce enough enough offense the game isn't, isn't as, as exciting as north america because there's not as much physical contact contact so um i think for um you know if you're going to to coach in europe with that extra dimension of the ice um wider and, and longer that you really 
will need to bring a North American mindset to it so that you are creating the offense you needed because ten, uh, players will tend to, you know, play a little bit more on the perimeter, hold on to the puck longer and, and not get the puck into that work zone in front of the net. Um, so I want to dive more into power plays with you. You obviously just mentioned how they've evolved with the four forwards and one D, but you know, I think you're kind of considered to be known a little bit of a power play specialist. What to you makes a good power play besides just, you know, the structure of it, but what makes a successful power play? Well, number one is good players. No question about that. (laughs) Um, you know, that's the number one criteria. Uh, I think collaboration is a big deal, uh, collaborating with your players on the power play, um, taking their input, giving your input. I mean, you have to set the structure for them and the template. Uh, that's number one. They're looking for that direction. But um, making sure that they have ownership, that you give them a chance to have ownership in what you're doing and have input. And I think that brings it even to another level when you do have that, that good quality collab- collaboration. Um I think putting players in the right spots is is huge. Um, you know, you want to make sure you you have the right players on the flank, uh, right player at the net front, in the middle, in the bumpers. Um, and a big thing I think is uh, balancing of the the right shot, left shot. Like I've studied it, and you see a power play with five left shots or five right shots, not nearly as good. I mean, there are exceptions to the rule but you're putting yourself at a competitive disadvantage unless you have that good balance of right shot, left shots so for the sticks match up on breakouts. You're playing forehand to forehand. Uh, you've got those one timers uh, on, on the flanks as much as possible. Uh, so those, uh, those sticks have to match up. And I found that if you have uh, one really dangerous shooter that can occupy a lot of the PK uh, tension, it's gonna open up other options. Uh, and that's that's important, and of course, having a quarterback at the top, being able to know when to shoot, know when to pass, and a big part too is just having a player that's that's good at the net front, um, that really takes pride in his job because that's probably the least sexy job of any position on the PP, but it's really important because unless you're in front of that net taking away the goalie's eyes, um, shots aren't nearly as dangerous. Uh, you can enhance a chance a lot by just having that good net front position and uh, taking away the goaltender's vision. And I think today with the, when they change the rule that every power play starts in the offensive zone, just having a, a center that's a, a face-off a, a face-off specialist so you can start with a puck that's a huge driver of the power play is being able to win the face-off and start with the puck so you're not expending a lot of energy going all the way down to breakout and then enter the zone again. And that's also uh, cost you at least 20 seconds off the clock, too. So that's huge key. I want to bring up a couple of things and tie what he said into what the Coyotes are doing. We talked about Barrett Hayton in front of the net. You, you look at how he's progressing and adding points on the power play. But what Newley said, everybody talks about the Edmonton Oilers and it's dry saddle and McDavid. Well, Zach Hyman was phenomenal in front of the net. Without Zach Hyman doing what he's doing, I don't think they open up and get the percentage they get on the power play. Uh, we talked about the off-wing guys, Noel. How important is that? Because well, I got, I'm looking at the Coyotes again. And, and Clayton Keller, when he plays the off-wing on the top of the power play, I think he's more effective than when he plays on the left side where he's on his strong side. He doesn't get the puck as much. How integral is that when you're setting up a power play to have the guys on their offsides? Well, I think you, that's where you have to look at your personnel. Um some guys are great going downhill on their forehand and not on the one-timer side. Um, you know, you look at the power play that uh, Vancouver has, and they still have 
with JT Miller playing a strong side going downhill. He's not on the one-timer side, but Pedersen's on the other side with, uh, you know, the shooter. He's on the opposite side with Hughes at the top. Bo Horvat was in the middle, and then, uh, you know, they've had chase ons and guys like that in front of the net, but that's that's one example. Um, and you look at uh, Tampa Bay's power play, they're a pure one-timer set with Stamkos and, and Kucherov who can really fire it from anywhere on the flanks. So, um, yeah, that's where you just have to look at your personnel, uh, see what where they're the most comfortable, where they're the most effective, and how you want to set up your power play unit, in my estimation. You mentioned before um, that the Coyotes had a, a successful power play when you were here. What do you remember about those PP units specifically, and what made them so successful? Again, we had uh, we had a, a two D three forward set, uh, and we had uh, Yandel at the top, and OEL was actually playing uh, on a, on a flank. You and those at that time the D stayed closer to the blue line. You really didn't move your flanker down, but OEL was really good. I just uh, taken a pass, rolling downhill. He had that great uh, wrist shot, snapshot that could score. Um, Donor was great in front of the net. Uh, Marty Hansel was great, great at net front. Uh, we had Verbata on a flank. We had Bodker actually going downhill on the strong side, like we were just talking about. Uh, and we had uh, Antoine Vermette, who was uh, really good on faceoffs, and Marty Hansel was good on faceoffs. They played on two different units, so. Um, yeah, uh, we uh, some teams have one unit that stays on for almost the whole power play. And again, that's what you have to consider when you're setting up your groups. Do you have two competing units or do you have one that's going to that can play a minute and 30 effectively? Uh, at that time, we had two groups that uh, were competing for playing time. And I think that was, uh, th you know, that was uh, beneficial to us in, in uh, being as successful as we were. Do you see it like when he just talks about this stuff? Do you like see these plays in your head? Like, like that's amazing. Like, oh yeah, he was good at going downhill. I, I it's, it's like a little movie going on in your head with all these power plays from everywhere in every league all the time. It must be tough in your head. Um, the question though, yeah, is, you don't want to be there. Newly, <laughs> here's the one we've talked about this because it drives me nuts, and I I'm gonna bring it up. One of many things. Why yeah. a lot of things drive think, me nuts. Listen, let me think. It's gonna be the drop pass. It's gonna be. It's gonna be the Drop pass. I hate the damn drop. Every team in the league uses the, uh, the drop pass. Every penalty kill in the league knows it's coming. They have F1 start to go underneath. Okay. Are we ever going to get past the drop pass or is it just this is here because it works? What is going to happen with the dreaded drop pass? Didi, I think it's here to stay. I'm sorry to tell you, oh. um, but... That's oh. the bad news. The good news, good news is teams are using you know more than one breakout these days. You, um, it, a lot of teams are, you know, you have three or four different breakouts, and you have tweaks to the to the to the drop. Um, the drop really, like I think, and I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not taking credit for this, but I think it's uh, when we were in Vancouver with the Sedins, it was really really effective for them. Uh, we started to toy with it in training camp in 2010, and we just kind of built our whole power play breakout around that because they were so good at it. And I think we were the first team at that time to really bring it into um, an everyday use uh, from game to game. And so PD, I'm sorry, but uh, that, 
Well, I've had That's this probably the origin. That. You're talking to the guy that was probably. <laughs> it's probably your fault, which is, I, I'm not yeah, surprised. Yeah. The, other guy, though, the, the, the team that I, I remember, the Coyotes played a lot in the playoffs when you saw Detroit. And it was kind of a modified drop pass, but they had one of the best puck handlers in the world. And I think here's my complaint about it. Newell, if you have Connor McDavid coming to get the drop pass, or if you have the Sedins coming to get the drop pass, use it. Not everybody has the guy that can control their speed, know how to use it right, and you have a, a quarterback that knows when to bail out of it at center ice. You see so many defensemen forcing that pass when F, the F1 of the kill is, is blocking his pass. He's got to be able to mm -hmm. abort that play. I think there's so much to it that I think yeah. you have to have the right personnel to do it the way I'd like to see it. Give McDavid the puck on a drop pass, let him go. He's in. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But I hope I hope coaches continue to, to get all of their players on the same page when it comes to the drop pass. <laughs> yeah, I agree it. with you, Petey. You know, I think uh, teams are adjusting now, too. They, they're not just uh, – the drop isn't going to two players. It's going to one just one player back. And, I mean, if, if the PK wants to play in behind that D and he take away – the drop, instead of having two guys back to receive the drop, you have one guy, and then the D doesn't drop it back. He keeps it, and now you're keeps going it. four on three against yeah. the remaining three guys at the blue line. So there's all kinds of uh, little tweaks like that going on. And, you know, like Boston has a great speed breakout. Um, it's I call it a sprint breakout where they just go back, and their first thing they do is they just turn and go. Everybody comes back yeah. with tons of speed. And it's not five back. It's just – get it up the ice as fast as we possibly can, get it inside the offensive blue line, um, and then they can always go to a drop if they need to. But I think that's important too is to have – because the drop does take some time. It's uh, it's not as fast as, uh, you know, a sprint breakout. So having those two things that keep the PK on their toes is, you know, they just don't know which one's coming at them, uh, can throw them off guard a little bit and help you be effective at gaining the zone. So one other thing I want to say to our diehards, we're going to, after this show is over, we, Craig and I did a study on the power play um, a while ago and we talked about the drop pass actually. It was actually back in the Natty Hattie days. I'm going to drop that in the Discord immediately after the show so people know what we're talking about and a little more explanation um, to the drop pass so you can see it and, and what and why it works. Um, there's a new head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. It's Greg Cronin. Uh, first time head, co head coach in the National Hockey League, correct, Newell? It's his first yes. head coaching job. So yes. you have worked for a lot. Of, you've been working in the NHL since 1996. You've worked underneath a lot of head coaches with a lot of different experience levels, um, a lot of different styles, demeanors. What does it do when you get a new head coach for you personally on a day-to-day -day basis? And in this particular place where you have a lot more experience in the National Hockey League, do you see yourself maybe as a little more of a mentor in this role this year for the Ducks? Uh, I wouldn't say I don't know if mentor would be the word because uh, uh, Greg has had tons of. I mean, we were uh, of the same vintage, so we've all both been around the game for a long time. So he's a excellent coach. Uh, he has his own style of doing things. I think what I can uh, what I can bring for him, hopefully, is an incumbent coach on the staff who knows the group um, can help him decipher through some situations and get to know some personalities better. Uh, bring some new ideas that maybe uh, he hasn't used before. Um, I don't think uh, Greg has spent a whole bunch of time in the Western Conference, so that's a whole different animal too, coming from the East. Uh, travel, uh, time changes, you know, all those types of things are big factors, when to work, when to rest, you know, practice ratio, practice rest, um, I'm sorry, uh, practice, um, how long we should practice. 
those types of things. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to working with them. I think uh, we're going to have a really good staff and, and we're going to be able to share a lot of different ideas. And every time you work with new people, um, like you, we all say it's a cookie cutter business, but you're always like, wow, I never thought of that. That's a great idea. You know, um, that's a different way of doing things that I'd never heard of before. So everybody has their own little way of doing things inside the system, which is pretty neat to see. Newell, as Petey noted, you've worked with a lot of big name head coaches. Um, curious how difficult it is to adjust to a new coach, whether it's from, uh, you know, the, the tweaking of systems or personality and how that changes maybe your day-to-day role with the team. Yeah, I mean, everybody does the, has different ways of doing things. And there is a little bit of an acclimation period. So you're just kind of getting a feel for, okay, this is uh, where I should stand in practice. This is where I need to be. These are the drills that he wants me to run. This is my role within the group. Uh, this is where I, what he likes, you know, the feedback he likes on the bench during the game. Um, you know, every everything is uh, is a little bit different. But the good thing is, is that we have um, we'll, we'll have tons of meetings before the season starts, where we'll uh, see what the, the the season what the system template is, and we'll know it like the back of our hand before we step on the ice. So, um, you know, it's just some little things, nothing major. But um, you know, I think as long as you uh, you know you have good preparation time, there's the adjustments pretty easy. Was there ever a time when you had to adjust to new coach or like, whoa, this is this is going to be a little bit different than I'm used to, whether it's personality or something else? <laughs> um, you know, not really. I mean, uh, I think probably. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> yeah, but, but I'll take this one, Newly. Damn right it does. There's guys that are a pain in the ass out there and they make your life miserable. <laughs> There's been guys I've worked for and underneath that are just made my life hell. Newell, you are not one of those guys, by the way. You were oh, fantastic. He speaks very highly of you. I do. I put, it is a hard list on our uh, the assistant coaches, on the PD's assistant coaches list. And Newell, I don't know if this could be, he is number one. He, he, and he said that and off said the that, air as well. Yeah. The so. best assistant coach, um, wow. easiest to work with, does a lot of his own work, and he's constantly talking and wanting input and learning, and it's it's just a good partnership. You felt like you were important, and it, yeah. was, it's, it's, it was a great collaboration, and uh, I would love to work with him again, only I will never work for a team again. <laughs> so now everybody else knows where they stand as well, and we'll, we'll make sure yeah. we send this clip well, to every other assistant. Yeah, yeah. Don't send it to Alfie, though. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be angry. All right, Newell, you have also worked with some video coaches. So I want to ask who the best you've ever worked with, yeah, and oh, also, yeah, you're really, was it a relief really to finally get away from Steve Peters? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I know how hard it is to get at the top of Petey's list, so I'm going to take that as a huge compliment. Petey, thanks for the kind words. Yeah, buddy. Um, but I also will say that Petey is the most competent video coach uh, there is out there. Did you and... say competent or confident? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say they're, clo- they're, they're close cousins. Um, but, uh, yeah, Petey's uh, so knowledgeable. You guys are fortunate to have him in Arizona to be able to break down hockey for the community mm-hmm. there, the hockey community, because um, he just has a wealth of knowledge, and he's unbelievably good at what he does. Wow. And he can talk, so I mean, he's oh, in yeah. a perfect goal. <laughs> oh, yes, we know that. Yeah, <laughs> we have no Speaking of this, Noel, hey, I'm going to go in a completely different direction. And I, I know all of our listeners, Uh-oh. they want to hear, this is an Anaheim Duck coach. We do a little talk about the Arizona Coyotes. We have to address the elephant in the room. There was a big dust up at the end of the, towards the end of the season last year between Troy Stetcher and Trevor Zegras. And 
it's carried over. We've had uh, uh, some fisticuffs ensue and and there's some concern. Does that carry over? So I'm not going to ask you what was said or what went on because you literally weren't inside that scrum. That's for those players to decide. But I want you as a coach to tell me how do you either approach your player in a situation like that? Does that situation dissolve and die down over the summer? Or can we expect some kind of fireworks when Anaheim and Arizona get back together this season? Well, all I can say is this is hockey. These things happen. Uh, emotions get high. Guys say things. I don't think – I think it was kind of blown out of proportion. I don't think uh, Zegers really said anything that off base. Uh, and I know Stetch because I coached him in Vancouver. Unbelievably great kid, like yeah. just top of the top of the line person. He's the kind of guy you want in, in your on your team. He's a huge culture driver for all the good things that you like. Um, I just think that's it. And it started the year before too with uh, Jay Beagle uh, yeah. in, incident too. So there's been a couple of things that have happened in the past. I think now I think you know our coach Dallas Eakins had a memory of that, and some quite a few of our team members did, and. You know, the rate of turnover, we have a new coach this year, so that's gone. Um, we have a lot of new players. Arizona has a lot of new players. So um, I think it'll probably, the might remain a hint of that uh, little confrontation. Keep going, uh, smoldering a little bit. But I think it's probably just going to be uh, business as usual when the games start. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe you guys will have a little bit more. Uh, Maybe they'll pay a little bit more attention to, to Trevor or something like that. Uh, some of the guys that were involved in that incident. But uh, for the most part, I don't think it's going to be a big point. Yeah, I saw that. To, to that point, too, you saw, I remember when Pavel Buznevich and Panarin got thrown around. And, oh, my gosh, it's going to be a yeah. huge fight. Nothing happened. Yeah. You know, Reeves was well, like, nothing happened. So, yeah, the yeah, buildup is always more than yes. what really happens. And I agree, we'll probably build it up. Noel, just giving you a heads up that whole week. We're going to be talking about it here at PHNX. I'm sure you are. Give us something to talk about. But but, but I, I think you're right. I, I'm excited to see the matchup because they're, they're, these two teams are similar in that they've got a lot of young talent, a lot of high-end, high-skilled players that are both on their way getting through a rebuild. So I'm actually looking forward to the Duck um, kind of matchup. We're going to see them in Tucson again, I think. Yep. Is it Ducks in Tucson again? I think it is. I think oh, that's right. buddy. I don't know who you're Exhibition. playing. I think you're playing yeah. like the University of Arizona, their B team, because yeah. the Coyotes are gone. No, they'll yeah. be back by then. No, Will they be back? Yeah, yeah, they're back. Yeah, they come back. They'll oh, back. never. So. Never mind. <laughs> um, just a couple more before we let you go. Obviously, you coached here for a handful of years. You have a house here. You've spent a ton of time here in Arizona. And there's a lot of stuff that you know we deal with as members of the media covering this team. Our fans in our chat now know about just you know the perception of hockey in Arizona, but from somebody who's coached here, who's lived here, just what is your view of hockey in Arizona? And do you truly believe that it belongs here and can work here? I believe a hundred percent that Arizona, like the, that that's city of Phoenix uh, is a great place for an uh, NHL hockey team. Yeah. It just needs everything to line up in the right way for that to occur. And I think there's a reason why Gary Bettman has hung on to the, you know, the idea of having a franchise there for so long. It's a great hockey. It's a great market. It's one of the biggest uh, markets in the in the United States. Um, I think that there's enough that, you know, if they get the arena in the right place, um, that's the kind of like the last thing that has to happen there for it to be successful. And who knows if and when that's going to happen. But um, 
I think it's just one of those places that it, one, once everything's done, uh, set up in the right way, it's going to be just a, a gold mine for hockey. Well, you no, know, again, good to hear because it's a little job security for us, which is Speaking nice. of hearing, did we just hear a truck backing up with more boxes there? Up, yeah. His wife's out there grabbing more boxes. He's like, what is this? Get that set up. Yeah. Bring him up the stairs. Sorry, I'm busy. I'm busy. Last thing we want to ask you, because it's, it's something we do here to end of a lot of interviews, just giving out some useful information to our listeners. We, meaning the three of us and Sean behind the, the Mac, we watch a lot of TV movies series we have a bit called weekend binge so is there anything that you your family are currently streaming from any of the streaming services any series you're watching or any movie you've recently watched or anything you can help advise us to maybe tune into i do have uh, some things that i've been watching i'm i don't think i'm giving you any headlines here on some of these but uh i love ted lasso yeah, anybody that's, hasn't watched that's an that. office favorite. Yep. Yeah, especially with all the sports references, uh, that's that's great. Um, Do you allow really wives like and the... girlfriends to come into the locker room before <laughs> games and during games? Because I always I was always thought that was a little odd. Because I've, I've yeah I've been around a while, I haven't yeah. seen that. I did they see don't... a mom in the locker room once. Her little boy got cut, and she was worried. I'm yeah. so worried about my little boy. <laughs> Maybe that's just God European that soccer. I don't know, but <laughs> yes. Um, oh, shaking his head. No, our soccer yeah. show is on next year. Saying no, they say no. <laughs> Doesn't happen. I actually just watched a movie uh, the other night with my wife and my daughter. It's called Interstellar. It's an older movie. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, amazing. Wow, it's really good. If you haven't watched it, it's. Uh, I found it to be really good. Um, and I'm, I like some documentaries. I like the F1 series. Yeah, oh, another uh, that's, another popular that's, show. That's really cool. Love Island, um, Love Island UK, <laughs> Bachelor. No, yeah, no. no didn't crack <laughs> in the Noel Brown top uh, five. I like the All or Nothing series. That's uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, and I like some of the musical uh, documentaries. Um, you know, like the Eagle. Like there's one really good one on the Eagles and. There's all kinds of those out I there. I Playfair that always watch on the plane. Jim Playfair would always have the music ones, and you and I would be working. I wonder <laughs> no, if he's tuned you know. in. Well, I'll give you my recommendation, <laughs> and then we'll let you go. you got to watch Full okay. Sports. If you haven't seen Quarterback yet on Netflix, if you yeah. haven't seen Quarterback on Netflix, it's, it's the most in-depth, behind-the-scenes coverage okay. I've ever seen. And it really... It really depicts what it's what pro sports is like from the inside. It is the best documentary I've seen produced by Peyton Manning, and it follows three quarterbacks around for the entire season last year. Phenomenal show. Okay. Phenomenal. Okay. Highly recommend. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Newell, we can't thank you enough for your time. This has been great. Hopefully we got you uh, off box duty for about 30 minutes <laughs> here, and we really appreciate your time, and hopefully we'll catch up with you when the Ducks are in town next this season. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks, Newly. We'll see if we'll see you in you, Tucson. Okay. Take care. Uh, later. Take care. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Oh man. Well, thank you again to Anaheim Ducks assistant coach Newell Brown for taking some time um, to chat with us. We'll um, talk a little bit more about what he had to say about power plays. It's funny the drop pass stuff. Um, but before we do, you I'm actually throwing it to Petey. Yeah. Before we do. I might need a little wink of THC. Wink is a new seltzer with just a wink of THC, and that's why the name is Wink. How high will you get? 
just a wink. And and, and I'm going to diverge from the script again uh, on wink. <laughs> what? Because this is a product that not only do we talk about on the show that I actually partake in and we've seen, if you know, you know, I have very high anxiety. We talk about my psi meter and I have anxiety. Um, I have found that at the end of a workday, when my mind won't shut off from all the things we're trying to do here, I grab myself a wink. And that is absolute truth. It helps me just unwind from the end of the day. It's not, it's not, I was afraid the first time I was afraid that I, oh, I'm going to be high. I'm going to be like, um, Stifler or who is the guy in the van in, in fast times? Why am I Spicoli? Spicoli. Yeah. thought it was going to be that. No, you literally, you're not inebriated. You're not intoxicated. Might have to become a thing though. You're just chill. Just well, get... maybe it will be a thing, but, but you're just chill. So I, if, if you're afraid and you just want to get that little edge off of your anxiety and it helps you relax and calm down and be able to sit and watch a TV show or enjoy a time with your wife, she opens the bottle of wine. I open a can of wink and I feel like I'm a part of it. And by the way, tastes really damn good. I'm partial to the purple one. I like the purple one. The mango one is not my jam, but that's why it comes in three flavors. Anyway, highly recommend it. Try it. It will help you just chill. Not intoxicated, just chill. And it tastes like your favorite self. And you know what, Craig? For you, no calories, no carbohydrates, too. What are trying to say? I'm not just saying. <laughs> it's available in a 2.5 milligram or 5 milligram version. Try the 2.5 if you're not experimenting with CBD or THC and you haven't used it before. Start with the 2.5. And if you want to ramp up to the 5, that's available also. Um, you can find Wink right here in Arizona. Look for Wink at all Sunday Goods dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica dispensaries down in Tucson. They're also now in 12 states nationwide and even recently launched online ordering and home delivery to about a dozen other states. To find out the fastest way to get your hands on one, go to drinkwink, that's D-R-I-N-K-W-Y-N-K.com, drinkwink.com, with just a wink of THC. Awesome. Love that. Um, we, we, we've all tried wink, really enjoy it. Um, and we don't even have to tell you that we all have tried Four Peaks and love it uh, because we talk about it every day unprompted. Yeah, How I much? had coffee today instead of my Four Peaks. I, well, I, I, tomorrow we're going to be at Bet MGM oh, on first buddy, Friday. Right. Well, if Max All shows day, up, buddy. but, but yeah, here, this here's is the true. key. This is a thing. So here's the key to the four peaks. We, we start our show with a four peaks. We start a four, show with a wow. It's a tradition the at the Bet MGM. At Bet MGM, at 11, at so. Bet MGM <laughs> bar opens at 11. We're live at 11, live at 11. We, we can't go get our beer after can't, we need Max. Where was Max? Nowhere to be, nowhere found. to be found. We so, have no four peaks to start our last and I blame Max. Sorry for the shade, Max. It's just, true, though. Just know that we will have wow in front of us we will. tomorrow, okay. no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a wow day for sure. It's a wow weekend. Or it's just a wow, be hot it's there a wow summer. Too. It's a four wow. peak summer. Just it, whatever kind of beer you like, four peaks has something specific for you. You can buy four peaks wherever you buy your beer and you can check out at four peaks brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Um, all right, well, that was great stuff from Newell Brown. It's really interesting to hear about the evolution of power plays in the NHL. Um, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Max I wonder is, how many times Owen has Max said that. Max is buying beers. I wonder how times Owen... I've great every, point, Owen. Every other tweet Owen sends out says Max <laughs> is buying beers. Now he's, now he's yeah. popping out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was boy. good. It's interesting because, and I think you got a taste of it here. He is incredibly cerebral and he thinks the game incredibly well, but more importantly, he studies the game and he'll watch 
he knows every power play because he watches every power play. When he goes to Europe, it's not a European vacation. It's how can I learn? Is there something different they're doing on the power play that I can incorporate into my stuff? I could have kept him for another half hour. You know, I wanted specifics. I'm always fascinated by innovation in the game. Where are the changes coming from? Are they happening in the college level? Are they happening over Europe? You Probably all of those, right? You're incorporating things that you see in different uh, nations, different levels of hockey where innovation takes place. But I'm, I'm always fascinated by how that experimentation starts and then how it filters up eventually to the NHL because we do see – Obviously, we've seen changes in, in a lot of areas of the game. We talked about goaltending the other day with yeah. Greg, Greg Powers, how much that position has changed through innovation. And you look at when he was the coach here in Arizona, it was a good power play. But like you said, he had two defensemen on it and they stayed by the blue line. You don't see that anymore, ever, ever. I think it's those one two guy power plays back-to-back years were the only times they finished top, top 10, 10 in the NHL. And yeah. they are both wow. his. Yeah. And I tell you what, it's because the other thing he said is he studied his personnel. Hey, I am I'm not going to sit there and say a coach can coach your way onto a great power play because they can't. They can help you improve, but they they're not you're not going to see a team go from 28th to first because of their coaching. You need to have good players. And he said that. The the most important thing is you need to have good yeah. players. And you look at Edmonton, we have five options. Why is Washington so good on the power play? Well, because Alexander Ovechkin is an unbelievable threat. Yeah. You have to decide if you and cover him. you mentioned him. that, right? To the one-timer yes. guy. That's that's a really valuable weapon. If you cover have. him, then it's four on three everywhere else on the ice. And if you don't cover him, he's going to score. Yeah. So I think when you go back through history and look at all the great power plays, you clearly have to have good players. But you can make an average power play better. And I saw that here in Arizona. And you talk, look at look at the names he mentioned. Other than Alvrechtman, Larson, and Yandel, look at the players that he was talking about. Marty Hansel, Antoine Vermette, yeah. like, and even Verbata, who we really like here in the Valley. Verbata is not Dreisaitl. No. I mean, he's, he was a shooter. He was an effective shooter. But you, what, what they really didn't have, like on those power plays, who was the playmaker, right? Who was yeah. the facilitator? They really didn't have that. Right. And yet. There they and were. We said it this year's power, last year's power play with this team, that first 10, 15 games when they kind of caught fire. It was like, how are they doing this? Like yeah. their personnel is. It was like okay. Nick Ritchie and Shane Ritchie. Goss's fair. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I do think, and we talked about here with, you know, uh, Blaine Forsythe coming in to coach this power play who's been with Washington for the last 15 years. Um, what will he do that he can incorporate from his knowledge? And I know he doesn't have the same players and the same threats as, as an Alexander Ovechkin, but can he bring in some things that those players do and tips and nuances to help make the guys like Keller and Hayton a better power play player? We all hope he can, and I guess time will tell. Let me ask you this, and I know it's really early, and we only got a glimpse of what he can do, and I'm not saying he's going to be Alex Ovechkin or Steven Stamkos. Can Dylan Gunther be that kind of player on a power play? I don't know, and, and here's why. I think Dylan Gunther's power play shot is elite. I think Dylan has a great shot. Mm-hmm. Alexander Ovechkin's shot is otherworldly. Yeah, he, His shot is he can beat a goalie clean in position, in front of him from 12 feet. He might be the only guy in the league that can do that. So accurate, so hard. Yes, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. It's unbelievably hard. It's intimidating for a goalie to face that one-timer. Gunther's shot is accurate, and it's his release that makes it so dangerous. Because it's kind of like uh, we talk about with Matthews, his change of release point because the way he moves his hands and his wrists. That's what Diller Gunther, Gunther does. He gets it off incredibly quick, changes position of that shot, and he's incredibly accurate. He's not necessarily as powerful. And yeah. I think that's what, what makes Alexander Ovechkin so elite. 
elite. I think Gunther can be a very good power play player. And you saw it with Dylan Strom, his numbers were very good that he couldn't translate five on five. I think Gunther's going to be an all around good player. I just think power play is where you're going to see Dylan Gunther be able to maximize his point potential because of the way he's able to shoot so well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And and another thing that he mentioned that I just found interesting was talking about the left and right shot. And when we were doing our little line piecing together mm-hmm. and doing the lines by keeping power play and penalty kill units together, which was something. Oh, we should ask him that. Because I got yeah, buried for that. New Seriously, for, could have gone so much yeah, longer with him if I we think dove he, into the I think details. he would have been down too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get back to moving. But, um, but I just thought it was interesting, you know, thinking about positionally that way. And I think a lot of the t- times people look at the Coyotes lineup and they're like, that's a lot of left shot yeah. players. Um, so it's interesting that that plays a role. Yeah, it, well. it does. And I think we, we've talked about it here. And again, I differ sometimes in what the, the Coyotes coaching staff decides to do. I like Clayton, Clayton Keller on the right side, on the right top of the circle, because I like his ability to shoot off that one timer through the seam. I think he's effective there. He played there to start the season when they were doing so well, and then they switched him over the left-hand side, where Newell Brown said he's very he's effective coming downhill, and downhill means he starts at the top of the circle, and once he receives the puck, he drives towards the net. Keller's really good at that, because what he can do then is if he doesn't have the shot lane, he can distribute the puck down low to Hayton. And we'll go through that more as the season progresses. But it's fun to sit and talk hockey with a guy like Neil Brown. I had the the fortunate, he lives not far from me. Uh, so we meet at a coffee shop and bring, it's not like, hey, how are things at home? What do you, We go and we both bring our computers. Oh, I was going to ask if you brought your whiteboard. <laughs> no, we should, but we brought our computers. All it is. We bring our computers and we show different clips to each other. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's a really good opportunity to learn. He showed me this presentation um, that he's working on for the Anaheim Ducks, and it just blew me away. It was mm. so well thought out and things that I just go, oh, yeah, of course, that makes sense. So I'm going to probably steal some of that and we'll show it <laughs> in the diehards sometimes, some of that right. information. Um, And speaking of diehards... So before we went live on our show, we had Newell on with us a few minutes early and we asked a diehard question of the day and he gave an answer. Should we say what the question is or should we no, keep it a surprise? No, okay. no, no, no. Okay. So yeah, you have to be a diehard to hear the question. So we're going to drop his, the question and his answer just in the discord. So you have to be a diehard for that exclusive extra piece of content um, and just another another reason to become a diehard. So stay tuned um, after the show today for that, and I'll pin it because our diehard chat, our Discord, is move, moves at a mile a minute. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, so I'm gonna it. I'm gonna start like pinning some stuff. And then taker. I'll pin that article uh, about the drop pass too. We're gonna pin that as yeah. well. That that showed up with Craig's yeah. years ago. So it's still ago. like yeah, it's where, two years ago. Where was I working then? You, <laughs> you were on track. your own Substack. Okay, Substack. Okay, so hey, it's only one stop. It's again. almost been two years here. But mm-hmm. we'll pin it. Crazy. We'll pin both of those things for our diehards and our diehards only. Yeah, we're just trying to add as much value to being yep. a diehard as we possibly can. So, um, stay tuned for Dan that. Dan says I would pay for that. Does Dan pay for that? Um, well, Dan, maybe we'll do something like that, co- like a coach's conversation, Brilliant. diehard only. Brilliant. In the in the. I mean, diehard. Dan, if you just want to buy it for your personal use, yeah. And we don't give it to anyone else. I'm sure people can work out I know, Dan is coaching this you. year again. He's coaching little kids this year, and he's at, he's been asking for my advice, and I just don't have any. I don't know much. So, <laughs> no, I'm trying to help Dan out. Oh, man. Just let him have fun. Go have fun. Well, here's my advice for any hockey coach, especially hockey coach of, of youth. 
Stop at Circle K on your way home from the rink. Because nothing better than a, after a game drink than a polar pop. Yeah, go like get them you're all, sugar. You're all sweaty. You need to What's replenish sweaty? the electrolytes. Sweaty cups so, don't not sweat. Not the cup. Uh, <laughs> cups don't sweat. Kids sweat. Just asking. Circle K. Where are snacks? They're Max. they're coming. They're coming. Circle um, K snacks. Go, that rhymes. Go to Circle K. Go check out the Circle K brand and snacks. You won't be disappointed. Craig and Sean are big on the baked goods, the donut sleeves. I'm well, big on what? the chips. We need to get Sean some 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 baked goods with some melted vanilla frosting because he looks a little grumpy and down in the dumps today. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would cheer him a little. Like you warm up the microwave for just a few seconds, and so that icing just starts to melt and drizzle down the side. Like a honey bun or something? Yes. Yeah. That's what he needs. He needs oh. a, or a sleeve of just the good old chocolate that melts in your car on the way chocolate? from. Chocolate? No chocolate. Oh, no chocolate. chocolate. Can he do the vanilla? Yeah, yeah can he do, do the, vanilla. The, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Sean. I just, no, I just love baked goods. Like, yeah, I could get the worst news possible, and someone baked could hand goods. me like a honey bun, and I'd, I'd be all right. Well, as Owen put in the chat, Max is buying snacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Max. Uh, make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff. <laughs> it's been... This has been an expensive and hard day for Max. <laughs> this is what you get when Owens is right off our set today. Uh, make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff Circle K has to offer. Text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. And if you're going to drive around town two different circle k's make sure you have your shady rays on the sun it's bright it can harm your eyes it really can so sunglasses are not just fashionable but they're functional too um and shady rays they stand behind their product they have phenomenal designs every design has like five different colors so you, there is something that fits your style and if you don't love it you can return or exchange for free within 30 days if you break them the first day They'll send you a new pair. They really stand by their product, which is what I love about Shady Rays. I love my pair. They've been so durable. Um, and you can also go to the Kirlin location if you want to try them on in person. Um, but exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com um, and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Um, the Watt said, who is this Max who's buying? Max is our sales guy here at PHX. Sales guru is what yeah. they call is he, him Is now. he vice president, executive know, director of, of sales? He's something um, fancy. So every sure. partnership we have is thanks to Max. So you can thank Max for all of that. But Max is also co-host of our PHNX Rising show, as is Owen, which is where a lot of this... Um, oh, this beef is, is coming from. But before we um, wrap up... Just because we talked Anaheim Ducks today, yes. we had Newell Brown on. Um, we have some Ducks fans in the chat. I see you, Chris. Yes. Let's just talk about the Anaheim Ducks for a second. Um, uh, okay. What else would you like to talk about? <laughs> I think the Anaheim Ducks, we talked about what they've done. There's, there's some issues I have with this team. They're one of those teams that's almost in between for me. Um I like that they made a change at coach. I think it was time to get a different voice there. I love Troy Terry. I think Troy Terry is an amazing hockey player. Do you love player. him for seven times seven? Yes. Seven. I do. Of Scary seven million Terry. per seven. I do. The, I do. The arbitration I numbers were interesting. I wouldn't he, give Zegris that. I'd give, like, I love Troy Terry. Is this a team that can challenge for a playoff spot? No. Yeah, I, didn't think I so don't either. think so. And here, here, there's a couple things. Trevor Zegris is going to have to learn to play the game like an NHL adult. Yeah, he's just going to have to. He gets he gets himself and his teammates in too much trouble. He's going to have to, if he's going to, I've said this on last year and I went on a big rant. If he wants to be the face of the NHL and the face of that franchise, he's going to have to grow up. And he's going to have to learn to play the game the right way if he wants to be the face of the franchise. So, 
incredibly talented, skilled kid. Incredible. But he just has to learn to do things the right way, like players like McDavid and Matthews do. Okay, that's that rant. I think they have a lot of good, skilled forwards. I do. I think this team is really lacking in players like what you saw with the Coyotes. I think they're lacking Nick said Zucker. I think they're missing that veteran leadership Guys that are good yeah. people that can with, help with their Getzlaff room. Getzlaff gone. Getzlaff and Perry, yeah. that team, they drove the bus. Yeah. They, there wouldn't be a Trevor Zegers problem if there was a Getzlaff and Perry in the room. It just wouldn't exist. So I think that's the big problem. The other big problem for this Duck team right now and I, I, is, is Gibson. And I love Gibson. I think Gibson's an incredibly talented goaltender. I think he is one of the top goalies in the league when he's on. His body language, his compete level, his give a shit meter is so down. And I will say this, it's not his fault. When he looks up at the scoreboard after playing an outstanding game and he loses by four or five and he, and he was unreal. It's, it's, it's old. He, he is so past the point of moving on. He wants out. He wants to get to a new, can't move. Him. He, he's having a hard time finding people that are looking to buy because the numbers that we talked about that he's attaining there. Um, if I see the body language on TV, you know, scouts do and other general managers see that body language. So that, I think that's a problem with Gibson. They're going to have to move on from that at some point. Um, I don't think this team's ready to make the playoffs. Um, so I think it's going to be another, another difficult year for the Anaheim Ducks. And I'll say this, who finishes higher ducks or coyotes. Mm. It'll be interesting. Hard to believe. I'm going to be a homer on this one. Oh, I'm going to take the Coyotes. <laughs> Coyotes will beat the Ducks, and they'll beat them by six points this Ooh. year. Wow. There it is. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, Radko Gudis. Somebody just said in the chat, Chris brought in um, thoughts on bringing Gudis in. I, I like Gudis for the things I mentioned. Shane Doan doesn't, but. But I, I liked him as a guy that's been there, that he's a veteran guy, and I think I think he tries to do things the right way. My concern with Gudis is his foot speed now is dwindling at every year he plays. Mm -hmm. The Anaheim Ducks are trying to be an incredibly fast team. They want to play fast and high tempo. Gudis doesn't help that game. I also get concerned that when you get a player that plays like Gudis that is starting to slow down with time and age, that he's going to take more penalties. This is a team that can't sit in the penalty box. They need to be on the power play. So I'm concerned about Radko Gudis for that, but I do like the leadership and the veteran presence that he will bring. All right, one more point before Leah gets to her final two ad reads. I know we're running... Short on time here, Leah. We got a yeah, we got a Zoom call at noon. We do. Um, arbitration is over, and as it turns out, we only had three cases actually have to be settled in court, which surprised me because we had two in the first two days. So I thought we might be heading toward a record season, but everybody came to their senses. We only had three cases. The final four cases, which were scheduled for tomorrow, are all settled. So the NHL offseason is truly here. And Petey, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like the NHL offseason gets shorter every year. I, I don't think there is one. Yeah. There used to be that when the I, I remember times that maybe I was just a lazy ass and I didn't work very hard. I remember when the season was over, the next day we're exit medicals. We'd pack up, pack our shit and leave. And we'd show up a week or two before training camp and we were gone. That doesn't happen anymore. You got rookie development camp. You got free agent. You got the draft where all the coaching staff participates in the draft now. And there's more meetings and more skates and more injured yeah. time. And it it doesn't end. When when a player decides, oh, I'm not going to go to this USA camp or I'm not going to go to world championships. Don't throw any shade. Yes. That guy's way. Let these guys have Get some downtime. The coaches, too. Like, just let these guys Stand. have some mental Let's rest. Stand. Physical Get rest. a rest. It's nuts. I have no problem with any of these guys deciding yes. to pass on one Can of those events. Can we pass on some stuff? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a really interesting off season, And we got, I don't know, it's like 
we have August and then September. Like preseason training camp. It's crazy. Almost back. Um, but speaking of you, you said you're going to put your money on the Coyotes finishing ahead of. Yes. Anaheim. And the Watts is right. He's got to protect those kids. And that's kind of what, the, what this team is trying to get bigger and stronger so they can protect Logan Cooley. Um, so I'm on the BetMGM Sportsbook app yes. right now. And the line for the Coyotes point total, it's up. It is? 73 and a half. Okay. Wow. That's that's a good line. Maybe we'll discuss more tomorrow while yes, we're we at will. BetMGM. They were at 70 last um, year. And the Ducks, yeah. it's 66 and a half. Oh, so it's, and what did I just say? Yeah. By how many did I say? I think you said I said six. six and that's and what is that? Seven. Seven. Crazy. Look at you. You're, you might be good at this. Math. Wow. Um, if you want to put some money on any of the futures on the BetMGM Sportsbook app, do so. Um, if you haven't signed up for the BetMGM Sportsbook sign app, sign up. Sign up. And make sure you use the code PHNX. There, it says optional when you get there, so make sure you don't miss optional it. Optional code. Type in PHNX. This is a mandate. And it's a mandate not because, not just because we want you to, but because you get a benefit by doing yes. it. You can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your bet loses. So it's to your benefit. And if you're Craig, it will. To do this. <laughs> if you're me, it won't. Because I'm five for six on a heater with baseball, and I don't even know hey, baseball. Your, your boy, Pablo. What he? He's pitching against the Again? D-backs uh, oh, buddy. Sunday, I believe. Maybe, Fire. Maybe Saturday. Whatever Sunday. the over is on strikes, ride it. I don't care I what the number is. The D-backs offense sucks, and he throws he strikes. Fire. Okay. <laughs> Check it. And <laughs> then, like, get and, this Or you can jump on with Leah and do the weenie bets. Yeah, weenie bets are coming back this fall. Weenie bets, are for, weenie bets coming up for Leany. Leany. Uh, yeah, Le- he, just, he just took you off the screen. Leah's weenie bets coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. So it's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If it loses, you can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877- Eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine New York. Call one 327 Massachusetts. Twenty one plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call one 800 Next Step Arizona. One 4700 Nevada. One eight hundred Bets Off Iowa. One eight hundred two seven zero seven one one seven for confidential help. Michigan. One 981 Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. All Looking right. forward to being there tomorrow. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We will. Petey be- Speedos. What? What? <sighs> <laughs> We will be out at the Bam Jam Sportsbook app tomorrow, Friday, um, for our Knockout Nights Championship. I love how you just keep taking Craig off the screen. Uh, for our Knockout Nights Championship. Bring up Speedos. You don't deserve to be Championship night. Um, Agreed. Team Pack Therapy is looking to win one game. We just need to win. Just one. We got to get a win. Um, we, 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 we're we? following the path of the real Coyotes and that we have lost do every we? game. And we you need know, to win a you game. You know what we should do? And we had it. We had it. We had uh, CWP on the ropes. Had him. I know. We just couldn't close it out. Uh, you Petey choked. choked. Petey <laughs> choked. I don't remember who. I, it wasn't me. I wasn't. Wow. Okay. It probably was me. I don't know if he choked because in order to choke, you actually have to show up for some <laughs> part of the game. Wow. Petey never brought it from start okay, to finish. Okay. I have an idea. I have CWP, an idea. CWP, we had him. I have an idea. Should we take OGs before we play our game? <laughs> Boy, howdy. Can't get like any worse. Idea. Exactly. I think it can go really well. Whoa. Um, so I'll bring. That's actually brilliant. I'll bring. Oh, yeah, because we're driving to California after. Boy, howdy. I'll bring the OGs multi flavor bag because it, it's a great option. So you can get all of the flavors. Orange creamsicle? In one, yes. In one place. It's fl- in one bag? Yes. 
Um, All of the cream flavors. You can get you can get the sunny sativa or the mellow indica bag. That's I'm all about that's the indica. That's what's great about OGs. Indica, yeah. Um, check out OGs. They have amazing flavors for amazing sativa. whatever you need. Indica, sativa, microdose, sleep, etc. And we highly recommend you check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. You must be 21 years or older to purchase. All right. We got to get out of here. We, we appreciate you all um, for tuning in. Be sure to hit the like button work, work, on work. this video. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you never miss when we go live. Thank you again to Newell Brown for his time. Yeah. Really great insight. Great interview. We appreciate it. Um, and we'll be back from BetMGM live at 11 a.m. with a with a wow in hand. I promise you that. Um, but in the meantime, everybody, you can follow us on Twitter at SPetersHockey, at Leah Merrill, at Craig S. Morgan, at Sean underscore to pause. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore coyotes. We'll be back live tomorrow at 11 a.m. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody, and we will see you all tomorrow.